Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. My name's Sarah. My name's Janae. And you're listening to the Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. So Janae, who do we have in the studio with us today? We have members of DSA that does not stand for Academy. It stands for <laughs> Democratic Socialists of America, which is, um, well, not like a national organization, but um, we're talking to NC State's chapter today. Yeah. So, hey, guys, if you want to introduce each of yourselves and tell us a little bit about what YDSA does. Uh, well, I'm Sky, and I'm the current uh, co-chair of finance. My name is Aditi. I am co-chair of communication. Hey, I'm Andrew and I'm co-chair of outreach. Awesome. And so can you guys tell me a little bit about what YDSA does and I guess what specifically at NC State does this role play? Does its role play? Right. So DSA is a national political organization. The Democratic Socialists of America is involved at a variety of levels, it's involved in elections endorsing candidates, it's involved in political education, it's involved in activism. And so what we're doing is similar to that, but on the campus level. So some of our goals are to educate people on campus about socialism um, and to engage in sort of politically motivated community service that fits our definition and our goals. Cool, and so I guess on that note, what is socialism? Uh, that's uh, really hard to describe, actually. Um, I guess some of it definitely comes from Marxism. I was just thrown under bus, so I don't actually <laughs> know like what I'm going to say about this. Um, but like some of it does derive from like early like Marxism or like Marxist ideals and um, a lot of like communistic ideals but not necessarily specifically soviet communism essentially it's thinking about or keeping in mind the the hierarchy of class and like keeping in mind the working class and and people in like the lower classes as like part of our uh, infrastructure and economy and um essentially um ensuring i guess equity for everyone Mm -hmm. rather than just dividing it by class um, which is what our current society kind of looks like. So it's basically making sure that we have equity and that we have um, resources available to everyone in practice and not just in theory. Okay. Right. I mean, to me, it's definitely about equality and prosperity for all people. Um, in terms of like the democratic socialist model, it's taking into account a variety of different factors. It's taking into account class, race, and gender, Um And it's really sort of um, supporting different policies that promote equality. Cool. And um, I think uh, for a lot of the mainstream public, the term democratic socialist got introduced to them through last election cycle with Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Is it, would you say that things like, um, subsidized tuition and um, other like famous Bernie Sanders policies are representative, like as a good portrait, or is that kind of more severe or more watered down than? I would say that Democratic Socialists of America is definitely a big umbrella 
Um, Bernie Sanders is absolutely a democratic socialist. Um, we absolutely support health care for all people because it's a human right. Um, we absolutely support um, subsidized education or free college tuition for everybody who's qualified to go to college because the amount of money that your parents make shouldn't dictate the level of education that you get. Um, that said, there are people who are more sort of ideologically centrist and more ideologically leftist who are also in DSA. Um, like I said, it's sort of a big tent kind of organization. Um, since the primaries in 2016, so in the past two years, we've like tripled our membership. Um, so it, you can't deny that Bernie Sanders had a huge impact on the success of the party. I think there's um, over 30,000 national uh, dues-paying members for DSA. Yeah. And growing. That's, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and so did you guys start the chapter of YDSA at NC State, or was that something that already existed at, like on campus and just kind of was researched? Um, what's the story, I guess, there? We started it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's pretty much it. And so what, what, I guess, what's the story there? Like, did, like, what like, got you yeah, like, what, mm. yeah, what, what sparked the idea to have a YDSA? Well, I think Owen was the one who really got the ball rolling on getting us organized to actually do it. I can say for me, I'm coming off of, you know, being a, a campus organizer for Bernie Sanders and um, an officer with uh, college students for Bernie. And so that kind of wrapped up. And then I was having a lot of trouble sort of finding an outlet and um, finding a way to get my colleagues more motivated about, you know, socialist ideology. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we all kind of like met up and started this. And it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, as is the case with a lot of like uh, politics and just political organization, college campuses are like the best places to really Mm -hmm. recruit and start young um and when it comes to joining the democratic socialists of america and even starting it to begin with i think one of the reasons why owen who is our outgoing chair of activism um he kind of realized as did the rest of us that all the other political organizations on campus weren't really quite being as active in like you know being in the community and being mm-hmm. a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we at YDSA like really want to stress is that we want to have a very strong community presence to make sure that not only people know that we exist, but to make sure that we have the impact that we are saying that we're going to have. So, Right. And I think like, you know, talking about sort of leftist ideology and doing more political education on campus is extremely important. But if we're not also engaging the community around us and um, engaging in community projects that, um, I guess, abide by and reflect those socialist principles, then we're not really doing a good job to spread socialism. So we've been trying to do stuff like that. So whether it's like raising money, I think we raised about $600 for Prison Books Collective, which donates books uh, to prisoners in North Carolina and Alabama, Um, hundreds of books, uh, in donations to them as well, um, or it's something like the tail light drive that we did. Um, and that's one of the things that drew us to talk to you guys is the fact that I feel like a lot of political groups are at least seemingly very discussion based, very like infighting, very just like 
theory Theoretical, and conversation yeah. mm-hmm. between people who already agree with each other. And the fact that you guys go out and do things with that energy mm-hmm. is very nice. Could you go into a little more what the um, brake lights, taillights thing that you did was? Because that was one of the first things I heard about you guys. Okay, so what we did was um, we were taught by the Raleigh DSA chapter on how to change like the brake lights and stuff. And um, then we were able to organize our own organize our own event where we um, advertised it like all across campus that we were going to have free brake light changes so that anybody who had a broken tail light could come and get it fixed for free without having to worry about how to do it or how much money it's going to cost. Because we realized that um, for a college student, even though it's not that expensive to go get your brake light changed, sometimes it's like taking time out of your schedule and we already have a bunch of other costs on our um, plate and especially for like people of color and stuff. Um, being pulled over by the police for having a broken taillight can be a really dangerous interaction. And then if you get a fine for having a brake light out, it can be a whole lot more money that just college kids and people in this area shouldn't have to worry about. So that was kind of our message behind it. And it was just a way to get like a more positive message of like socialism out. So everybody that came could be like, hey, yeah, um, we're dem- uh, young democratic socialists and we're out here um, helping people and just change the narrative about socialism, basically. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so what was the turnout like for that? Was it mainly students and like people had already heard of? Why do you say? Because I, I'm pretty sure I was with my mom that day and I had like already heard about the event, um, but we drove by. It was like the gas station like across the street, like some Western mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, from across the street, like from NC State. But yeah, and you guys like had your signs out and stuff. So like I feel like it, it, was, it was very visible to, for people like just driving by. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I guess what was the turnout like for that and the reception and stuff? It was pretty good. And I would say people were overall very optimistic about it and very happy about it. I mean, there's definitely, um, when you have a big red democratic socialist of America sign on Western Boulevard, you're going to get <laughs> some people, you know, honking and yeah. you know, giving you the bird and whatever. But it's most people were very positive about it. And we did pull quite a lot of people who were just driving down Western and they're, they saw our signs and they thought, mm-hmm. oh, I should get my brake lights checked. Yeah. And they did. Um, and then also, I think uh, we did pull quite a lot of people from campus because we flyered campus pretty heavily. Um, we flyered out in the community as well, some of the uh, public housing projects. So I, th- I think we, um, we could definitely do a better job next time of getting more people out to these things because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great service getting your brake light replaced for free. But um, that said, for our first one, we did pretty well, I think. Yeah. Um, It was also incredibly interesting to see, like, the variety in kind of, like, how, what kind of people came by. Like, it wasn't just focused on, like, low-income people or just college students. Like, we had parents come by and then, like, people just in the community come by and then some college students. It was, like, as much as, you know, the fact is that some people can afford to fix a brake light or to pay a court fine if they get pulled over more than others. The fact remains is that that shouldn't have to be a problem on anybody's mind, and I think that's what we focused on and we're really able to um, achieve. And we modeled it after uh, the New Orleans Democratic Socialists of America okay. chapter. They had done a brake light repair clinic and had like a whole um, manual that they put out that we were able to kind of build ours off of, which was incredibly helpful and was like a way to really connect with other chapters um, across not only North Carolina, but the nation as well. And, That's awesome. And what I think was really great too is that even though even people with, who like didn't have their brake lights out 
also were able like to see our message because we also had signs that said like free snacks. And so we had people come by that just wanted a free snack. And then we were able to like hand them a little flyer about like what we feel socialism is. And we also had our honk for socialism sign out and we kept like tally marking like how many different people honked for socialism. And it was kind of, it was like 300 something. Oh, wow. It was really great to see like the, like more people like really interested in socialism just in the community. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess, so how has it been like starting up a new like politically themed organization on campus, you know, um, because obviously we have like a democratic club and Republican club, but, um, I guess like what has the reception been like from people on campus and administrators and stuff like that? Um, well, we actually have gotten like responses from a lot of other clubs that are like interested in like Mm -hmm. working with us and stuff. So I know like College Democrats is really interested in like working alongside of like or like helping out and they're all um, just different like organizations that s- share some of her ideals like like anti-racism and like anti-sexism um, and like um, can't like um, like more open campaign finance like we've had clubs that are like really interested in um, joining in on that cause. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has just been like trying to find common ground. You don't have to be um, an avowed socialist to take part in some of the stuff that we're doing. I think um, what we're trying to do is just meet people where they're at and um, network with a lot of other organizations that have common ground with us. Sweet. And I think we're going to take a quick break. Danae had uh, a little announcement slash song that she wanted to play. Oh, that's putting me on the spot. I don't have it prepared. Um, Dolores O'Reilly in the um, front, front singer, the, the lead singer, lead singer, yeah, front front oh, man. I think is what uh, passed away today, and I really like the cranberries, and I wanted to play a song as a tribute. I do not have pulled up, but can very shortly. But yeah, this is college radio. <laughs> yeah, it's college radio. We got to do this all ourselves. Break. But yeah, but you know, you've been listening to eighty-eight point one WKNC. This is the Oak City Move. Uh, don't go anywhere, and. Yeah, so... As they say, keep it locked. Yeah, keep it locked, as the cool kids say. But, again, you're listening to Oak City Move. Don't go anywhere. Female. 88.1 WKNC. My name's Janae. My name's Sarah. And you're listening to the Oak City Move, a weekly program on 88.1 WKNC, <laughs> where we um, interview people creating positive change in the triangle. This week, we are interviewing NC State's chapter of YDSA, Young Democratic Socialists of America. Hi to our guests. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and do you mind reintroducing yourselves for people who are just tuning in? Sure. Uh, I'm Andrew Arden, and I'm the co-chair of Outreach. My name is Aditi Dalakia, and I'm co-chair of Communication. I'm Sky McCollum, and I am co-chair of Finance. And also not here with us in the studio is Owen Webster, co-chair of Activism. Outgoing. Outgoing. <laughs> uh, Hannah, our co-chair of member development, and Rebecca, our co-chair of records. Very nice. And um, what does an average YDSA meeting look like? What are some things you might discuss? Is it a discussion-based club? Like, what is it like it, over there? It's a lot of planning because a lot of what we're doing is, um, like, community service-type projects and activism. Um, and so it's planning for what that's going to look like. It's um, breaking up into, I guess, committee groups or groups that are working on specific projects like the house show or like the taillight drive or like brainstorming for the socialist book club that we do. Um, 
Yeah. It's also a lot of like we've had a couple of speakers come talk to us, um, primarily from the Raleigh chapter, the Piedmont chapter of uh, DSA, um, about like why maybe some older people in the community or some other parts of the community want to get involved in this stuff. Um, and then we also have like just general discussions as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not something that we go too deep into during meeting time because that's what the book club is for and right. like other outside of meeting times. But mm-hmm. like Andrew said, the majority of it is spent like delegating and planning um, next steps in what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And this semester, we're also trying to uh, integrate like more education about like what socialism is into our meetings so that mm-hmm. um, people who are just interested in socialism and might not technically identify as a democratic socialist yet might want to attend the meetings and learn more about socialism. So we're going to try to integrate that into our meetings. Mm-hmm. I'd say the meetings are partly political education and partly sort of planning and just getting the work done. And then sort of on the side of that, we have other events, like we do our socialist book club every other weekend. Our co-chair of member development, Hannah, has done a great job of heading that up so far, and I hope we can continue that to kind of not just educate the community about socialism, but make sure that our core member base is also educated about fundamentals of socialism. So with the book club... um I guess what kind of like book, what are some of the examples of the books that you guys read and like how does it work? Like is it just NC State based um, or is it just more of a community book club type thing? It's I mean, Hannah could probably tell you more about what mm-hmm. we've done so far, but it's definitely like a community based book club type thing. Okay. Um, so it's not restricted to NC State students and we keep it very casual. It's usually like at someone's house and we'll have brunch and like a potluck and we'll mm-hmm. just kind of sit around and read stuff and like. The most important thing about the materials uh, that we're sort of reading and discussing is that they're available online for free for people. So everybody has access, whether they're a state student or not. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of your member base in the book club and in YDSA, like, are you gathering what kind of student demographic is it? Is it like very left leaning students or is it also students who are just kind of curious like you were talking about? who might know a little about socialism might not. Both, like completely. Mm -hmm. We have people who identify, like very leftist people who identify more as like Marxist-Leninists, but we also have people who are like registered Democrats and are just really interested in learning about like what socialism is. And yeah, so we have people from all over the spectrum that just come out and hear about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. That's what we want all types of people to come. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so what are some of the things that you guys are looking to do this semester? Um, just, I guess, in ter- since last semester was your first semester, I guess, like things that you guys want to do differently or add on to the existing uh, activities you guys have? Well, I would say that um, the two biggest projects, the Taillight Drive and the um, raising money and collecting books for Prison Books Collectives, the, um, the main way that we raised money for that was with a house show. Uh, those were both pretty successful, and I think we want to continue doing more stuff like that and doing it more frequently. So ideally, we'd like to do a brake light drive every month mm-hmm. or at least every other month. Yeah. Um, we'd like to do a house show. We could do one every month, mm-hmm. and we can do one for different organizations that sort of align with our socialist principles. Gotcha. And that's a great way to sort of build solidarity within the community and, uh, you know, build up support for these great organizations. Um, The other thing that we're really going to try and focus on is like last semester we had um, a really great speaker come in. Um, His name is Logan Smith. Uh, Most people know him as 
the Twitter handle Yes You're Racist. Um, he oh, yeah. was involved in um, exposing a lot of the Nazi and or like the well, I guess yeah, there were Nazis in Charlottesville um, during the riots back in August. Um, and he kind of like put their photos up on Twitter and was able to identify some of them and really put names to faces to make the community realize like. These are people who are your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, you know, who have these extremist ideals. Um, and that Twitter really blew up. And to this day, he and his family are still getting uh, death threats because of the, I mean, the work that he's done. So he came in and he spoke about, like, how he got involved with that kind of stuff and um, how, like, maybe other people can also get involved in grassroots ways. And, like, the best thing about the up-and-coming, like, involvement on social media is that pretty much anyone can get involved and do this kind of work for essentially free and this is the kind of stuff that we really want to encourage so um, we're hoping to have more similar speakers um, and like establish kind of a series of speakers um, going into our next semester and year Mm -hmm. and I guess what are some things I guess you just want people like to take away from this like about either not like it could be about socialism but just like in general from your experience of like working with the community and things like that? Uh, I think, sorry, I didn't want too much dead air. Uh, <laughs> you're good. Uh, I always know that's like bad for radio. So um, I think, I mean, one of the biggest things that I've really learned is like I knew next to nothing about democratic socialism even going into this. Um, yeah. But one of the reasons that I was convinced to join, A, because like two of the other co-chairs were my roommates but also also because um, it really kind of was a way for me to get involved and understand like ways that I can kind of use my position and privilege um, in certain situations or lack thereof in other situations to really help um, and to gain solidarity with other communities. Um, and it forced myself to put things into perspective based on like what I do and don't have and what I can and cannot do. Um, and I'm realizing that there's a lot more that I can and should do than there is that I can't do. So, um, yeah, I'm a freshman, so I like just got to NC State, and I was like trying to find my community or people or whatever. And YDSA was so helpful with like finding my community at NC State and people that shared similar views to me, and then were actually doing something. They shared like they shared the same fears that I had for the future and same anger that I had for like what's going on in the country right now. And they weren't just sitting around complaining about it. They were actually doing something. And so that's what really pulled me into it and really excited me. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like a lot of people, um, I was pretty bitter after the 2016 election. Just the whole cycle, pretty bitter, pretty <laughs> yeah. cynical, um, depressed. And then I guess through some means or another, this community formed at NC State. And it's really great to see other people that are you know, lit up and passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about and actually wanting to get out into the community and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. And um, we've done this before with, I think, Sage, where we yeah. asked a couple myth-busting questions uh-huh. um, about things people might have heard about feminism that aren't really too accurate. So we're going to ask some of those about socialism. Go for it. Um so number one, um, socialism is communism and communism is evil. <laughs> <laughs> Fact or fiction? Fiction. fiction. 100% fiction. Mm-hmm. 
There are some uh, socialist theorists who say that communism and socialism are like the same thing, but a lot of people like have moved past like that now and um, see socialism in a different way and especially mm-hmm. democratic socialism in a completely different way than communism. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that socialism is not, you know, Soviet bloc countries. It's not breadline. Socialism is providing health care for all people so that you don't die because you don't have the money to go to a hospital. Socialism is making sure that everybody has the same opportunity to get a good education. Socialism is making sure that everybody has job security, that basic needs are met for people. Because, I don't know, I believe that we as a country are capable of doing that for everybody, period. And socialism is just sort of abiding by those beliefs. Socialism is the means to that end. So I just Googled socialism is because I wanted to find some really interesting ones on the interwebs. But one myth is under socialism, there is no incentive to work. So essentially the idea that like handouts to all and, you know, that kind of situation. Myth also or fact. fiction. Myth, myth or fact. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's been proven throughout history like that. That's fiction. I mean, I guess you just have to open the history textbook. Like a lot of people <laughs> don't want to do, but um, I guess. As, oh, go ahead. I mean, especially like. In my mind, like, democratic socialism doesn't mean, you know, like, you split up, like, everything. Everybody gets the exact same blah. It's everybody has, like, equal opportunity, which we don't have in this country. Like, we don't have an equal opportunity to succeed, and that's actually more detrimental to people working. When people feel that they are stuck in a cycle of poverty that they can't get out of because <laughs> the American dream is no longer... Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Quote, unquote. Um a thing that's actually what's detrimental to people wanting to get out and like pursue their dreams and everything way more than like any type of socialism is. You know, FDR used to say freedom is freedom from want. So I think um, when you think about that at the core of it, what we're talking about is like people aren't really, you're not really free if you're not having your basic needs met. You're not really human if you are captive in some form of wage slavery. You see what I'm saying? If you're clocking in every day and all you do is work and you work and you work to barely put food on the table, you're not really being productive in society. I mean, you're yes, you're generating productivity, but you're not really expressing sort of your inner creative self. You're not really being human. You're more of you're being dehumanized. Um, another, I'm gonna move on to like another myth. We could like we could go on a lot of these for a long time, but um, socializing, healthcare, and tuition, and uh, like a livable minimum wage is too expensive, and no one will have any money because we'll have to take everyone's money to do that. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent wrong. I mean, you mm-hmm. can already see that by the recent um, the recent tax uh, reform that was passed in uh, federal government that like they just increased our deficit deficits by like what it was like a um, over a trillion or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's just one of those things that you really have to realize that the amount of money that we are spending on so many unnecessary aspects of our economy and our government. 
that could be relocated to other things very easily mm-hmm. um, is like laughably mind blowing. Like this, these are things like you take a look at our budget. We're spending billions and billions of dollars in our military, which is so unnecessary oh, yeah. when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. And we're spending next to nothing on our education budget um, and is being cut every year. So that more money can be funneled into the military mm-hmm. for a war that should have ended or shouldn't even have started to begin with, but should have ended years ago if they did since they did start it. Yeah, I mean, there are actually trillions of dollars that have gone to the Pentagon that are completely unaccounted for. Yeah, And um, this last one, I feel like it's less of a myth and more of just like a what do you say to someone of this ideology, but there's a lot of people in America that are like, why should I give my money to people who don't want to work? They could just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and pay for their own health care or pay for their own college. What yeah. do you say to people who don't or want to share? Or just like going <laughs> off that as well. Just like, like I feel like I've, I've dealt with this a lot, like because like, I study social work, but like this idea that like, oh, the so- social welfare system is like, inherently like everybody's like out to you know like kind of deceive the system and just like use it for their own benefit and like people that aren't poor are just like getting benefits and like um and like just like people are just like not given the incentive to work and stuff like like that people who believe in the lazy poor and don't approve of socialism for that reason what would you say not everybody in our society starts from the same point not everybody has the same Privileges, the same tools, the same opportunities. A small so, loan of a million dollars. Oh my god! So no, not every. There's, we don't have a, a lot of conservatives like to talk about having equality of opportunity, but not equality of outcomes. And you can agree with that or disagree with that. I disagree with that. But we don't even have equality of opportunity right now. We don't have equality of opportunity when the quality of the primary education you get is determined by the property taxes in your neighborhood. We don't have equality of opportunity when so many people can't afford to go to college, or if they do go to college, they're shackled with debt for the rest of their life, which influences their career decisions. We don't have equality of opportunity when people can't afford housing, when people can't afford a good education. We don't have equality of anything when people are literally dying because they don't have health care. And, you know, it's not just money or class based either. And that's like one of the important Mm -hmm. parts of democratic socialism is like we don't even have equality of opportunity when my the color of my skin or my gender is putting me at a disadvantage compared to Andrew. Um, We don't have equality of opportunity when if I get pulled over by the police, I'm like marginally more safe than I would be uh, compared to any of my black siblings. Um, We don't have equality of opportunity when if Andrew uh, were to get caught with um, some form of marijuana somewhere, not that he would, but theoretically, <laughs> <laughs> um, hypothetically, we don't have a quality of mm-hmm. opportunity. If Andrew were to get with caught, were to get caught with marijuana in his car, mm-hmm. um, and gets let off with like a slap on the wrist, compared to so many innocent people that are incarcerated in our prison system mm-hmm. because of very minor drug charges or drug charges that were fabricated just so that we can have more people locked up as opposed to out on the streets. Right. I mean, like, especially like going back to the inequality of opportunity when you're looking at something like drug charges, you have police patrolling neighborhoods of people of color and poor people much more often. You have a public defense system in complete and total collapse. I mean, the average public defender in some states takes over a thousand cases a year. They can't possibly give you 
um, adequate representation when they have a thousand cases a year on their plate. So you're essentially, if, if you're poor and you can't afford your own lawyer, um, I mean, your Sixth Amendment rights are basically being violated. You're forced into a guilty plea often. Um, you have to serve your sentence. Um, and then you carry that baggage with you, and society punishes you for that. So you can't apply for government housing. You can't apply for government student loans. It makes it much, much harder to get a job. So it's already being disadvantaged. The system just makes you even more disadvantaged. Also, um, going back like to the original question, like I don't understand how people see that idea of, wow, yeah, everyone's lazy. Like, Are you really going to say that 99% of the population is just lazy? Or are you going to look at it and say, wait, 1% of the population is just greedy? Um, and one myth, like just to kind of move it forward, one myth that I know that our maybe club seems to, some people seem to have about our uh, organization from the outside is that we're a group of white boy brochalists as opposed to like people actually interested in affecting change. Um, that's like part of the reason why I joined because I like was very hesitant because I'm a woman of color and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel in a room full of white boys who are like yelling about Marx and Lenin to me when <laughs> I like don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, so like one of the huge things that at least our officer board and a lot of the members in our organization are really trying to do is to bust that myth, as it were, mm -hmm. um, and to kind of really make it so that it's very clear that we are welcoming um, not just the white boy brochalists, but like everybody in the community. Um, and the extreme importance of having more than just white boy brochalists, because as great as it is to have white men who are able to spread your message because you know they're going to get farther than anyone else in the club, it's also very important to have like people from other marginalized communities to mm -hmm. back up that message and to say, yes, like we, we support this message. Like my name is Aditi Dalakia and I support this message. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I guess like now that we've kind of like covered some of these like myths and things like that. So for people that, you know, aren't, I guess, as well versed in like democratic socialism or just like want to know more, um, what are some resources that you guys would suggest? You could come to our meetings. Would be Ooh. Cool. When, when are if those? you wanted to if you want to if you, you want, want so and you can um follow us on twitter and you can uh add us on facebook all you have to do is search up ydsa at ncsu and those will pop up um and our we do have a meeting this friday at 4 p.m in park shops and we'll announce those on twitter and on facebook and then you can attend um if you're interested in coming to the meeting it's going to be this friday at 4 p.m in park shops <laughs> Um, and I wanted to ask, um, and I don't know if there is, so I'm sorry if there isn't, but is there a comprehensive reading list of books you have covered in the book club that someone could go refer back to? Like, even if you don't know? have the list, like, to read out yeah, right now. Like, but is there like, a place that it might be located if someone was interested? It's in honestly, I want to read those. Yeah. I want to read those books. I need to get educated. I don't have a list of the past readings that we've done, mm -hmm. um, but we plan on publishing a list of the readings that we plan on doing okay, for the cool. upcoming semester. So that's going to cover like a broad variety of things. We'll probably have some Jacobin on there. We'll probably have, yeah, I think we have to read a little Marx. <laughs> we'll probably have um, some speeches by Eugene Debs, uh, Stokely Carmichael, um, maybe some Che Guevara. We put um, links to all of our readings in the emails that we send out to everybody okay. and also try to advertise them on social media mm -hmm. as well. So like 
in our archives on social media. We'll probably have those links. And um, in the future, we will try also to compile an open document of those links so that people who may not be able to attend the book club or are just interested without the pressure of having to read for a book club um, can access that. And it's not just us officers that sit down and pick out the readings. It's something that we, as an organization, do. We, um, I know at the beginning of last semester, we just kind of like spitballed and talked to all the members at one of the meetings and threw ideas up on the board like, hey, what do you want to read this week? Um, so and, it kind of works like that. And that's another good point, too. If there's something that someone who's listening to this right now that you're really interested in sharing with us, like we are totally... Like, come to a meeting, be like, hey, I have this project, or I have this book, or I have this documentary that I think would be really um, good for this club to hear. Like, come on down and um, get involved. Like, we're interested in hearing what everybody has to say about socialism. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to sign off with YDSA. But thank you guys so much for having come in. I was about to say having us, but we we had you guys. So. Yes. Oh, so much love. So much love. Oh, it's it's the socialism. It does it to you. Equal distribution of the radio. <laughs> but um, again, so you can find YDSA um, on Facebook and Twitter at YDSA NCSU. And they have a meeting again this Friday at 4 p.m. in Park Shops. Do you have a room number? Not in Park Shops, apparently, Psych. but no, it yeah. is at 4 p.m. Oh, it, it is in Park, in Park Shops. We just might be changing times in the future. So if you're interested in coming to a future meeting, they might be at a different time. Yeah, right? but don't this but Friday, always, it's going to be 4 p.m. You can always check on social media. Yeah, though. and just don't show up to club meetings in the future, like if you're not 100% sure of what time they are, you know? So don't <laughs> just like show up. Yeah, we'll keep you posted. How about that? <laughs> yeah. We'll just keep you posted. Yes. <laughs> Um, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a couple songs. Um, but as always, if you guys have anything you want to share with us or any ideas for future shows, feel free to call us at 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Oak City Move or email us at oakcitymove at gmail.com. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC. Uh, so my name's Sarah. My name is Janae. And you're listening to the Oak City Move here on WKNC. Earlier today, we talked to uh, YDSA at NC State. Um, and if you missed that, you can listen to the podcast version of it um, or any of our old episodes by going to WKNC.org or uh, going to WKNC SoundCloud. Um, but yeah, so right now we're going to talk about a couple of, of events that are going on this week in our community. So the first one that I've got here for you guys is an anti-Islamophobia meter workshop, and that is tomorrow. And it is hosted by Muslim Women 4, one of our uh, guests from a previous episode, and Movement to End Racism and Islamophobia. And again, that's tomorrow from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's at the Lighthouse Project. Um, and it is inviting everyone to join this workshop to brainstorm, compose, and submit letters to the editor across North Carolina newspapers. Um, and it also says to bring your ideas on how to use digital media to challenge Islamophobia, including video, spoken word, etc. So again, that's tomorrow from 6.30 to 8.30. Also tomorrow is the Women's Rally on Raleigh, Women's Rally on Raleigh Artivism session, which is hosted by the Student Advocates for Gender Equality at NC State. Um, I will be there as I am an officer of SAGE now, but we had SAGE on our show earlier in the um, academic year, so last semester, but that episode is up on our SoundCloud as well. And But that's tomorrow from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Tally Student Union here on NC State's campus at the Student Involvement Suite, and we will be doing an introduction to what SAGE is and 
what it functions as on campus, as well as making uh, handmade signs to take to the women's rally on Saturday. After that, we have Seize, Seize the Stage, which is on January 18th, Thursday. Um, they'll have three bands playing, um, and it's a monthly event that aims to support, prioritize, and uplift marginalized musicians and creatives. So the bands that are playing this month are Knives of Spain, Socrates, and Peachalope. And again, that's January 18th on Thursday from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, in Durham, I believe. Yeah, oh, sorry, at Ruby Deluxe, which is here in Raleigh. Correct. Yeah, which is also hosted by one of our previous guests. Yes. Um, of Manifest Music Festival. Yes, exactly. There's just some, we just, we're getting around the block now. Yeah. We're on the scene. Yeah, Oak City Move is almost a year old. We'll be a year old in a Our couple of weeks. Our birthday is coming up very soon. Yeah. And there will be cake. Yeah, we will be having cake. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for pictures of that. Um, and the next event that I've got is the Women's Rally on Raleigh, which is uh, the event that I mentioned earlier that we're making posters for at the SAGE meeting. But uh, the Women's Rally on Raleigh is going to be Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it is going to be on Halifax Mall in downtown Raleigh. And on the anniversary of the Women's March, we will gather again to rally for the same mission. Um, it'll be celebrating women leading the resistance and to upload voices and stories of communities that are affected by current events. Um, so again, that is Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Halifax Mall. And the last event I've got is the 2018 Triangle Muslim Aid Gala, and that is hosted by Triangle Muslim Aid. It'll be at Art Space in downtown Raleigh on Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And um, it is a fundraising and awareness event for Triangle Muslim Aid. Um, and so that's all the events we have for this week. But we do have another really, really, really special event that Janae is going to tell us a little bit about. Drum roll. Double Barrel Benefit. Woo! If you couldn't understand what I said because I said it very fast, Double Barrel Benefit 15. It is WKNC's annual fundraiser where we raise funds. For and this stuff. For, for the, for us what to you're be hearing. able to do what we do and also to be able to afford things on the technical side that are a little more boring, but also cooler things like hats and shirts and pretty much anything we do in the community and at the station. Um, money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> yep. So as they say, and we have some really cool performers to incentivize you to please give us money. And this is one of the few times we're allowed to outright say things like this because it's for our fundraiser. So. Yeah. So night one <laughs> is more of a hip hop electronic theme with Wells, RGB, Juice Lord Magnus, and Diaspora. I actually met Diaspora on Friday because we filmed a lounge with her, um, which will be cool. yet to come. But she is super duper awesome um and night two we have future kings of nowhere pie face girls the muslims and drug charge pie face girls are super cool i've seen them in concert before and the muslims, muslims are also super cool i mean honestly everyone's just super, everyone's cool. super cool like we wouldn't choose them if they weren't um so tickets are 13 dollars in advance and i think um either 15 or 16 dollars at the door and then if you get both tickets for both nights in advance they're only 22 dollars um and you can get those by going to wknc.org slash dbb15 um, and you'll find information about buying tickets there and more information about the lineup um, but yeah I'm going to be there Janae's going to be there your favorite your, um, your favorite uh, talk show hosts will be there aka us 
But yeah, so definitely come out and support your local college radio station. And your local music scene because we have some really great artists that you get to see. Yeah, so that is the first weekend in February um, at King's, which is in downtown Raleigh. But So it is the 2nd and the 3rd of February. Um, mark it on your calendar from now. Go ahead and get your tickets ahead of time. And yeah, it's going to be a really, really fun time. So yeah, do it. Just do it. Do it. All right, so we're going to go back to the music now. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC.